running for the touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. Always exciting to play at home. We all want to play at home, and this is an unbelievable venue to play at. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. On a personal level for me, I, I just we, we can't wait to get to the game day, right? We can't wait to get on the grass. JT The Brick. Cars up underneath James. Going to fire quickly. Jackpot, baby. Touchdown, Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Out of the gate, JT in studio today. Merry Christmas to everyone. Probably many are getting out on the road or Raider fans listening to us on that great streaming device on the Raiders mobile app. Maybe you're coming to Las Vegas for the holiday and see the game. The day after Christmas, if we don't get a chance to talk to you, we don't have a show on Friday for Christmas Eve. So we got two shows left from my family to your family. Have a Merry Christmas, a great holiday. Thank you for everything you've done. Our partners, our partners here on the station are incredible. I came in today, some nice gifts from Sam and Ash. My friends from PTs who fuel the monologue, we'll get to them in a second. And very proud of the relationships that we built here in 2021, as we go into 2022, and it's been difficult. It's been a really difficult time in Vegas with COVID and the issues of businesses popping up, then kind of going away, then popping up. And we have some of the most loyal partners in all the radio. Dream of mine when I came back to Vegas doing a national and a local show is to have relationships like this, many with friends, people who trust us on the air. And we try to drive everybody to their businesses. That's how it works. If you notice our 12 or 13 partners we have in this only two-hour show, we try to get them all in every show because they're loyal to us. Please be loyal to them as they get the show going. A lot to get to today. Derek Carr is going to speak reportedly in 15 minutes. We'll take it live or close to live. We'll see how close we can get to that. With Denver coming to town, Steph McKenzie, who despises the Broncos. She's made her name. I needed her today. I said, wake this place up. Denver's in town. Let's get going. She's going to join us. And then the Broncos reporter who covers the beat, uh, Brandon Cristal. He's very good. I need to know who's playing, what's going to happen with Denver coming into this game. So we're going to have a deep dive on the Broncos a little bit later on in the show. But I did a lot of thinking today, okay, because this is the end of the year for me. It's the end of the year, but it doesn't end for football. So I'm filling in on Sirius XM, doing double shifts, finishing this show on Thursday. So there is no break. I'm coming up for air the day after the Super Bowl. Probably after that, go see the folks in Florida for a week or two and unplug. Because plugging in with Twitter, plugging in with social media, doing talk radio five hours a day without a co-host can wear on you. It can. Yeah, Bobby, it can. But it's not a real job. As I always said, I'm not putting out oil fires. I'm not trying to climb poles and get your power restored in a snowstorm. All we're doing is talking sports. But this year's been tough because there's been a lot of curveballs thrown at us. There's been a big tragedy with the death of Tina Tintor by Henry Ruggs. Uh, That's in the news every day. John Gruden wasn't a good friend, great friend of mine. I consider him a friend. I'm loyal to my friends. His resignation for his emails. That issue happened this year. And then the season's been really up and down, hasn't it? I mean, the season got off to a great start, 3-0, and 5-2. And then the wheels kind of got loose. They didn't come off. And the Raiders started playing poorly. They had a big pop on Thanksgiving Day against the Cowboys. Then they've played poorly since. So as I'm sitting here trying to frame the show the next two days, I told you I'm all in. That's what I do for a living. We're all in. Got to win this game. I'm pretty confident that they can win the game. 
I'm also pretty confident that you think they can win the game, and that concerns me. All of us are feeling probably a little bit too confident. And that game was about as ugly as a football game you'll ever see on Monday night. It was a god-awful football game from a national perspective. You notice this week no one's talking about the Raiders because the game was terrible. If the game was great and they won you know, 31-14, I think everybody would be talking about the Raiders. Now everybody's glossing over the Raiders again, forgetting about them. That's what fascinates me in my personal life on radio more so when I cover the Raiders, is what other people think of the Raiders. Because that background noise is really loud in my life. It's loud from the national shows that constantly crap on the Raiders all the time and kick them when they're down. And then there's a small portion of Raider fans who are really difficult to deal with because they have no confidence in the team. So when you're in that sphere, when you're in that world all the time and you don't sleep well to begin with and you're getting up and you, and you wake up and you read the paper and the cover of the paper says doom and gloom, that, that's in your life all the time. There is no break for me. I don't get a break. And I, I'm trying to get, be really positive about this game because I think they can win the game and I think they could get back on track. The problem is they're not back on track and it's a head scratcher. No one can figure it out. I talked to two NFL insiders today, one from NFL Network to help me fuel the monologue brought to you by Golden Entertainment, and I talked to another friend of mine who's a Raider fan, diehard Raider fan who I trust and talk to before almost every show to frame my mind from the Raider Nation perspective, and they don't know. They are frustrated as you are, as I am, as everybody is about why this offense can't get going. And we've spent how many months talking about this? And nothing changes. Nothing changes. I mean, nothing remotely changes with this offense. Josh Jacobs can't run it. They take too much time to get the playoff. And then they shut it down and they go back and revert back to the run game. Is that fair to say? Is that the Raider offense? Bobby, you're nodding your head. You're agreeing. That's the Raider offense pretty much if you describe it now. I'd like to see the offense get back to where it was in Pittsburgh. So I went back and looked at the Pittsburgh game. The Raven game, the Dolphin game, even the games where they scored 30 unanswered against Philly, when they were playing that way, they were doing one thing. They were attacking the middle of the field. The middle of the field because that's where these guys tend to get open. Darren Waller, and hopefully he can come back. I don't know the status on him yet. Waller opens up the middle of the field. He plays tight end. He doesn't line up wide typically. So he's in the middle of the field and he opens it up because it either brings in a double team And it can open up the outsides, but Waller a lot of times starts to play up the middle and then veers off to the sideline or he tries to get somewhere, he tries to get open, and he'll do anything to get open. But other than that, you know, that's the strength of the team. It's not Derek Carr laying out 40-yarders on your fingertips right at the sideline. That's not a strength of Derek. He can make all those throws. He makes all those throws. But Derek this year, if you look at the numbers, 4,000 yards – I see a lot of checkdowns. I do. I see a lot of checkdowns, but I also see a lot of plays that help him get to 4,000 yards. So it's tough. If you really want to be fair to Derek Carr, you have to be fair to Derek Carr by saying he's playing behind one of the worst offensive lines in football for a player at that level. Last night I saw the same thing with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's playing behind a worse offensive line than the Raiders. How'd that work out, Gabe? Right? Everybody went, oh, Gabe Jackson's going to Seattle. How's that working out? It's a bad offensive line. 
Then you look at other really good quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers got an excellent offensive line. Dak Prescott might have the best offensive line. You start looking at the quarterbacks in this league. Tom Brady, when his offensive line is healthy, they all have a better unit than Derek. So Derek has a built-in excuse. Not that he's looking for the excuse. This is the point I want to make. Derek's not looking for any excuses. Derek's sick and tired of losing. He's lost more games than he's won. But what Derek needs to do now is Derek needs to play more explosive. And here's what I've wrote down and what I've thought about this morning over a couple of cups of coffee. So I I apologize for my fast pace, but I'm looking to go big today. Derek and the Raiders are slowing down the offense because they're not confident in the offensive line. So I've talked about this on TV with Lincoln Kennedy. I heard Vinny on with Clay this morning, and Vinny made a really good point, as he always does. Vinny was basically saying if you run up tempo and you do this, a lot of times at the last second, if you're doing that, these guys can jump off sides. You're giving them too much. And I said to myself, that's a really good point, but I don't agree with it. These are professional football players. They're professional football players. They are not in college. They are not in D3. They all need to be prepared to go up tempo. And I believe that Greg Olson and Derek Carr do not believe they can do it because they're insufficient on the offensive line of giving them too much, which would be, hey, guys, two plays in a row. Two plays in a row we're calling in the huddle. Get to the ball because they're afraid Leatherwood's going to jump off sides. Right? They're afraid someone's going to move. So what they do is they take the clock down to under three seconds, and the other defense rests. The other defense relaxes. All their checks in. They set the line of scrimmage. Derek tries to check back and get the guys into a better protection. And the next thing you know, the whole damn play's blown up, and the Raiders run a real conservative check down. Is that fair? Am I watching the same thing you're watching? That's exactly what I see. Take a play that works in practice, that works unbelievable in practice, get to the game in real time, look out at the landscape and say, hell no, I'm not running that play. Finally, Basaccia said it on the sidelines. You caught him, the camera was right on him. When they called timeout, he said, run the play. Because he's getting pissed, you can tell, no matter if he doesn't admit it to me. You can tell he's getting frustrated as a special teams interim head coach who's giving the offense the discretion to do whatever the hell they want. If they want to run a bomb on every play, Basaccia is going to say, go ahead, do whatever you want. Same with Gus. If Gus wants to blitz, Basaccia is going to say, do whatever you want. So the offense is refusing to do this, and this is what the point of action is with the show today. I want to know why the offense is not confident and will not run the play And I want to know how they change that, and they do that on Sunday. That's my Christmas present from you to me. Because I'm losing my mind on this. I can't figure it out. My wife's like, what are you doing today? I'm sitting there. I'm looking at Pittsburgh games. I'm looking at tape. She's like, what are you doing? I go, I'm trying to get this offense going. I'm not a coach. I'm just running a talk show. And she just walked by me, like, wrapping gifts and like, whatever, dude. Whatever, dude. Put another pot of coffee on. And I'm sitting here all day going, why can't the strength of this team become the strength of this team anymore? What happened? Was it all rugs? Do we got to do that again? Do we got to, like, unravel this rugs thing? I don't want to. I think a lot of it has to do with the Gruden playbook. Based in conservative principles of two tight ends and a fullback wanting to run the ball. Gruden's gone. Gruden's gone. Now you have the opportunity to play with the toys. 
All of a sudden now, you get, you're like a 14-year-old kid. You get to go in the garage and turn the car on and, and, and feel what it's like behind the wheel. Open it up. It's not opened up. And the thing I keep reverting back to, because I'm a big Tom Cable guy, it's got to be driving Cable crazy because Cable wants to be able to fulfill his destiny of making this offensive line better. Now, Leatherwood had a good grade from Pro Football Focus. He played well. I think Andre James is getting better from what I can see. Colt Miller is very good. He's not elite yet. He's very good. And then you look at the rest. No Richie Incognito. This is a backup offensive line after losing Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson. And Trent Brown, who's finally playing really well, because I think Belichick probably threatened to cut him because he's so lazy. And now he's actually playing pretty well like a pro bowler. So it was Trent Brown when healthy. Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson, we thought, I thought the offensive line would be worse, but at least sustainable. They're not. They're worse. And we've been kind of sugarcoating this all year long, and I think that these guys got to be given more now. Do you agree? Because some of them are not going to be back if they can't do this. If you can't run no huddle and you can't run up tempo because you're in fear that your offensive line can't handle it, give me a new offensive line. Go get a new offensive line other than Colton Miller and go rebuild this thing and blow it up. I don't want to blow it up. I think these guys are pretty good. I'm a, I'm a fan of Leatherwood. He's a babe in the woods. He's a young pup. He's a big guy. You can't come up with that strength. He's going to get better. So is it the offensive line, and what do they have to do against Denver? Now, another point I want to make. Denver is really good on the back end. Denver has got ball hawks on the back end. So as much as I'm saying, hey, man, let's pick up the pace and run no huddle, uh, I don't know about this game. Because this game, to me, you're going up against the Denver Broncos who have a top pass defense. I think their pass defense is ranked sixth in the league. So what they do is the Denver Broncos find a way to get you to look off the play and then play to their strength. And they're really good at that. So I think the Raiders have to be careful in this game. But look, the season's over. It's almost over. They got to win every game. They got to win two out of three to be in the conversation. They got to win what we believe is all three to have a 95% chance to get in, as everybody's talking about. So the question becomes now that this is a top six defense. They're giving up only 212 yards passing. Period. A game. They're averaging that. And then on the ground, they're giving up, uh, let me double-check here, 106. So that's pretty good for Denver when you look at this total defense and what they're able to do. They got one of the better defenses in football because of the back end and what they're able to do on the back end, and they do a pretty good job. They do a better job than the Raiders. They have a better defense than the Raiders. But Denver's got some flaws to them. You know, Denver at times gives up chunk plays, and Denver at times will be in the wrong position lined up because they're a little bit too aggressive. So as we open up the phones at 702-365-9200, your Christmas gift to me is how to fuel this offense and get it going again. I need one thing from you. One thing. It'd be great if Waller came back. He might be out for a month. It'd be great if he came back. But I want to talk about what this team needs to do in general to have a big game on the offensive side. Because Drew Locke's playing quarterback for them. I don't Drew what what Drew Locke's gonna do, and we'll talk about this with Brandon Cristal a little bit later on. Drew Locke is gonna give you opportunities to intercept the ball, but the Raiders don't intercept the ball. 
That's the one thing they don't do. They play pretty good defense and coverage. They just don't get their hands on the ball. And Drew Locke is going to give you a couple examples to do that. They're also going to want to run the ball, as I said. But Denver, in general, we know what they are now. We have the stats here. Denver, when it comes to their defense, their total defense is much better than the Raiders. 212 yards passing, 106 rushing, and ready for this? They give up 17.4 points a game. Holy crap. Holy crap. That's Denver, everybody. They give up under 18 points a game. Let me go down and scroll down to Las Vegas and find where the Raiders are at. And the Raiders are playing real. I I love the Raiders' defensive line. The Raiders are giving up 26.7. So they're giving up roughly nine points more a game. But there's no Teddy Bridgewater. So there's a few things here that skew to the Raiders. I think that Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe, I think they're going to combine for three sacks. So I think Max is going to get two, Yannick one, vice versa. And I think we're going to get a couple interceptions in this game from Locke. I think Trayvon Merrick will get an interception. I think maybe one of the corners will jump her out, or there'll be a tip ball, and a linebacker will get it. So I'm looking for a turnover game here. And then the advantage in special teams, I think with Carlson and Cole, I think both of them having a big game will help. But does anybody see Carr breaking out of the slumber? My friend I told you about said to me, he said something that stayed with me, he goes, Carr dodged a bullet. I said, what do you mean? He goes, if Carr didn't bring that team back to that field goal, he would have been skewered nationally the rest of his career, saying he couldn't beat a third-string quarterback in a team that had 18 players out, eight starters. Derek won the game, was good on the opening drive, was good on the final drive. Why is that? What's happening in between the sandwich that can help Derek get going? And do you want to see more Mariota in this game? Because this is another interesting point with Mariota on third down or maybe second down. If you don't want to challenge Denver downfield, maybe you let Mariota run some RPOs and you get Mariota to go one way and then do a little misdirection, as I always talk about what Kansas City does. They start to play one way, they go the other way. Maybe Mariota can do that. So that's what I have as we open up the show. I think the Raiders are going to win. I'm not in the prediction business. I don't gamble. I'm not here to tell you the point spread and if the Raiders are going to cover. I don't get paid to do that. I get paid to have opinions. And I think the Raiders should win this game. And they should. the only reason they won the Cleveland game is Cleveland didn't have enough players. Because if Cleveland had all their players and the Raiders played the way they did, they would have got smoked. They wouldn't have got beat. They would have got smoked. But they won the game. And as Ed Graney said, or Vinny said, it, it's a, you know, the outcome is a Mona Lisa. It's about to win. Win the game. Now you're supposed to beat a team at home and go for back-to-back years of sweeping them. And then you get some rest. You pause for Christmas, right after Christmas into New Year's. And then you play the game of the year against Indianapolis. Hopefully if Indianapolis loses this game against the Cardinals and the Raiders win at Denver, then both teams would be 8-7. and seven. Winner move forward, loser go home. And the Raiders have a chance to knock Cleveland Denver and Indy out of the playoffs. Forget the Raiders getting to the playoffs. We're not there yet. How cool would it be if the Raiders could knock Cleveland and Indy out and Denver? That's what's right in front of them, but they got to win this game. 702-365-9200. Again, happy holidays to everybody out there. As we get going, uh, let's start off with Ivan in Oakland. 
Thanks for calling, Ivan. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going, JT? Thanks for taking my call. Happy holidays. You to too. You Thank staff, you, my man. Appreciate it. Uh, one thing that people are forgetting is that uh, when you lose a lot, mm. winning is tough. The first win after a lot of losses is always ugly, and th- and this was, and and this was no, this was no exception. It, it didn't matter. There could have been a high school team out there, and they would have looked like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so, but my thing is, what they have to do is attack the middle of the field. Put any kind of receiver or Zay Jones put and attack the linebackers because you're right. That corner that they got, I was praying there's some miracle chance he dropped down to us, but of course mm-hmm. he didn't. Okay, uh, Denver has always been solid on the back and also utilize the pump fake. Okay, if they're that aggressive, run a quick out, throw a quick pump fake, a shoulder fake, and then go and see if, and use some of them stop-and-go routes. Mm-hmm. And um, maybe that will loosen them up a little bit. But I think we got to attack the middle of the field and just tell the offensive line, just be up front. But basically say, hey, you guys, your jobs are on the line. I'm going to treat you like pros. If you can't do this and you jump offside – I mean, it's time it's time to put the backups in who's been sitting on the sideline all game. Maybe they can do it. I mean, it's not that hard. You, you know, predictable count. Okay, uh, you know, you know, uh, as far as uh, snap counts, I mean, you, you should be able to go no huddle. That's that's yeah. Not, you should be able to you sugar sh- huddle. You should be able to sugar huddle. You should Just be able to hold on, line. hold on. You should be able to set your feet, not move, and go on a predicted snap count and go up tempo and no huddle. You nailed it. That is not difficult. If you cannot do that, get out of the league. Get out of the league if you can't do that. That's the quarterback strength. The offensive line needs to play at the level of the quarterback's mind, not the quarterback's talent. Derek's got more talent than most of the players on the team, but the offensive line's got to play at his mind when he says, get to the line, set, we're going on two, and when I run the play, get your ass, not back in the huddle, get to the line, and we're running this play, and set your feet, don't jump, and we'll do it again. And I think if the Raiders do that, as you said, I think the Raiders will be in a really good situation because I think that's the strength of the team. I really do. I love this about this team. I love what they do when they do it right. Get that T-shirt. I love what they do when they do it right. You know, I personally felt after losing Gruden, the Raiders lost their identity on offense a bit. Carr isn't the alpha that takes over a game plan like Big Ben or Tom Brady. He follows his coaches explicitly. He does. Now, I don't think as a team, the Raiders have identified who they are offensively. I'm no coach. But I think that if they started a game, no huddle, call plays at the line, not hurry up, but it's up-tempo for sure, that's who the Raiders are. And I think they can run better even if they were pressing the issue. Keep the defense on its heels. Don't let the defense set every play and take the play down to two seconds. Now guys who sit with me at the, in the Coors Light Zone over at the Raiders Tavern look at me and go, clock. They're talking to me. They go, clock. And I look at the clock. Three, two, not the game clock, the play clock. Run the play faster. You get more plays if you stay on the field. Now, if Greg Olson, friend of the show, believes that that's not the way to beat Denver, Denver, you got to slow it down more and you got to really look at this defense because their defense has ball hawks, then okay for this game. But. I don't know. I'd like to get in a shootout with Drew Locke. I'd like to get in a shootout with Carson Wentz. 
I don't want to get in a shootout with Justin Herbert. I'll, I'll say that right now. Justin Herbert, I'm not saying you have to do this, but with Carson Wentz and Drew Locke, how do you not exploit Derek against Drew Locke and Carson Wentz? You have the better quarterback coming into the next two games. If you don't use them, then you don't use them. It's like having a Lamborghini in the driveway. You don't even take it out on Christmas. Just leave it there. Play aggressive the rest of the season. Do it. They did it on the last drive to get Carlson in field goal range, and it worked. They got Moreau the ball in space. Zay over the middle of the field. Miraculously, wide open. Not like it was covered. Oh, he almost threw into traffic. So Derek knows what to do. He's going to have a big game here. Reggie, North Las Vegas. Let's go. What's happening, Reg? JT, my man. I love it when you fired up like this. I love it. You know what? I don't have to say anything about what they need to do because the way you just expressed taking charge and them coming out like they want the game, don't wait to the last two minutes and say, oh, we got this. Come out like that. Come out of the tunnel saying, get me the ball and we're going to score. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let the offense play the way they played at the end of that game. Fine, I'm going to stop right there because we're bringing a family in to this game. Nice. Get them to the game. They're going to be at the game. They're going to be sitting behind the team. All I want is a win. I don't care how you win it. I don't care who you use. I don't care who steps up. Somebody got to step up. I love the way our defense played that game. It was a lot of good play. But can we get a ball hawk moment? Take the ball. Take it. I know we can do this, man. I'm pumped up, JT. I appreciate this radio station. You guys have really helped this situation come alive. I'm looking for Raider Nation to stand up. If you can't make it into the game, come to the tailgate. Sometimes I have to work, and I come out to the tailgate first and then go to work. Let's show up. Let's stand out. Let's unite. Let's go, JT. Yeah, I'll see you out at the tailgate. I got both my sons and wife going. First time. First time we're all going together as a family. We're excited about that. We'll be tailgating. We'll be out there early. My son back from college at Oklahoma, uh, vaccinated, ready to go. (laughs) That was good. He's ready to go. And also the Raiders want to remind you that they offer two alternate screening locations on Sunday, okay, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Allegiant Stadium for fans attending the game who have not been vaccinated or because a lot of people are in town for Christmas and they should be vaccinated here. But if not, you got to make sure that your clear health pass is downloaded before arriving at Allegiant Stadium. The fastest and easiest way to get into the stadium is having your clear health pass green screen loaded and ready to go beforehand. For those who cannot because they need to complete alternate screening or receive a vaccination, the Raiders are offering two locations on game day that will provide these services in Lot B on the north side and Lot J where I tailgate on the south side from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Do your part. This is a stadium where you have to be vaccinated to go in or be in the process by using alternate screening. Got to be a big home game. You know, Denver fans are going to come. They love Vegas just like Kansas City fans do and Chicago fans. But Raider fans, no more excuses.
your tickets for Christmas. This is Bass Christmas. Let's get butts in the seats. Let's get excited, and let's get ready to roll. I'm open till 1 o'clock without a guest, so if you want to get through, uh, get through now, 702-365-9200. What's the one thing you would do, one thing, to light the fire under the offense and get Derek back to where he was as an early MVP candidate through four weeks of the season? Is it simple? Is it hard? JT, brought to you by Grimaldi's, the best pizza I've ever had. by two. Trips to his left. That's where he looks initially. Gets through it. Drives the ball down the right seam. Cooper Cup has the catch. Middle of the field at the 10. 5. Touchdown! L.A. Cooper Cup with his second touchdown of the second half and the Rams are back on the high side. What a year for Cooper Cup. J.T. back with you. Renfro reminds me a little bit of Cup. Cup's obviously putting up bigger numbers than Renfro. Matthew Stafford the quickest player to 50,000 yards passing ahead of Brady, Manning, Favre, and Breeze. That was a big number that jumped out at everybody. As the Rams are able to take business, take care of business at home against Seattle, JT back with you, brought to you by Michael E. Minden Diamond Jewelers, where I was over there the other day to go see Michael and the entire team. They're incredible. In the Fashion Show Mall, I was there for an event with the mayor to kick off the fireworks show, Las Vegas' Greatest Party. I went over to Michael E. Minden Diamond Jewelers. The place is fantastic. The service, they'll take you down any road you want to go, from an engagement ring to a diamond to a bracelet, necklace, a watch, whatever you're thinking. They're my go-to jeweler, and it was great to be over there again to see some really good people that want to help you out over the holidays. So there is a little bit of news here. A couple of things I want to get to. Uh, the president of the union is the center for the Cleveland Browns, J.C. Treader, and he was close to, they said, the union and the league of canceling all three games, and the Raiders would have won by forfeit. So they were close to doing it. The league instead moved Saturday's game between the Raiders and the Browns to Monday and rescheduled Sunday's games, Washington at Philadelphia and Seattle at the Rams. I just played your Rams soundbite to last night. Treader also said that he was asked about what the Raiders said, notably K.J. Wright and Casey Hayward, for pushing to get the game rescheduled. Casey Hayward tweeted, quote, I'm sure the NFLPA president playing for the Browns didn't have any effect on these negotiations. Well, Treader came back and said, quote, I think the thing that people didn't understand was I was fighting for the same thing for the Browns players as I was for Raider players, which was to get them paid. I don't think anybody was fully aware of just how close those games were to being canceled. And I don't think everybody was fully aware that if canceled, we both weren't going to get paid. Everybody would not have got paid. Both teams were not going to get paid. So the Browns played Monday's game with 22 players on the COVID-19 reserve list and 10 starters. The Raiders were largely unaffected by COVID going into the game, and they won the game. So he got a little bit of criticism, and he came right back and said, I don't worry about the standings. I don't worry about the record. I don't worry about those things as president. I'm worried about making sure our guys are paid, and that's my concern. So I kind of agree with him. I think he's the president of the league, 
And, you know, no one's getting paid. Derek Carr's missing a pretty big paycheck if they don't play that game. Speaking of Derek Carr, he is addressing the media over at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Let's go out to Henderson. <laughs> All right, guys. Derek, I don't know if you remember, but last year after you guys beat the Broncos last game of the season, um, afterwards, you kind of, it wasn't necessarily a mandate, uh, but you said that, hey, from this point forward, we're going to be talking about finishing, finishing practices, yeah. reps. Finish, finish, finish is basically what you said. Yeah. Um, was that kind of pointing to a moment like this right now where you got three games left to play and finishing is paramount, is critical? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it goes back to the importance of last week's win too, you know, and um, that's why all along, you know, we've been through some things and uh, as a team and uh, it's been a little adversity, but, but we keep coming to work. We keep working and that's why I keep believing in our team, you know, because the leadership and the guys that we have in the locker room. And uh, when I when I reference finishing, and you know, I also I also referenced we're going to find out who really wants to be a Raider, you know, um, and uh, and we got some guys that love being Raiders, you know, and uh, have really embraced that. Uh, some new guys even that have embraced that. Some guys that have been here that really have actually embraced it now, you know. And I think that uh, you know, with that said, it leads to us playing meaning, meaningful games in December and. That's why that's why you work so hard in the off season. You know, uh, that's why you you know you put all the time in, and you know we the times we're away from our families and things like that. You know, this is you know this is why you do that, and um, you know to be able to have a chance to get in and all those kind of things. But none of that matters unless you know we beat the Broncos. And so uh, again, one, it's a great opportunity um, you know for our, for our team for our organization among everything that's happened that we're still in it. Sometimes a win like that uh, in Cleveland. It could be like a shot of uh, just adrenaline, or just. Yeah. Is there? Do you feel like, you know, knowing now what's what is at stake, what is possible? There's a little bit of extra juice running around the building a little bit. Yeah, I think um, I think it helped our confidence. Um, not saying that we were lacking any, but you know, you got to win games. You know, you put so much work in, and uh, it's one of those moments where it's like, here we go. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot on the line in those last three minutes. You know. And uh, for our defense to get that stop and for our offense to be able to go down there and Daniel to make that kick, I mean, it's, uh, it says a lot about our team and, you know, the will, the will and the desire to win. And, um, again, like I said, it doesn't have to be pretty. The only thing that matters is that we won, you know. And, uh, you know, when we did that, I wouldn't say it was a sense of relief, but it was a sense of, like, okay, let's go now. You know, like, that's what we've been expecting and that's what we should do. So, uh, hopefully, hopefully that jump starts us, and you know this is the time to get hot. You know, and so hopefully, hopefully it'll be our time this year. After the Broncos traded away Von Miller, I think we all kind of expected their, their defense to take a step back, and that hasn't really been the case. Just what, from what you've seen so far, why do you think the defense has continued to play at, at a high level? Yeah, I try and um, you know I try and tell people sometimes. You know, when I talk to them, like, yes, you lose a, a, one of the best pass rushers to ever play game. I've talked about Vaughn so many times. You know. You guys know how I feel about him. He knows how I feel about him. Um, but the guys behind him are also professionals, you know, and they work their, their butts off every week, um, you know, to become better football players. And they know, uh, you know, as Vaughn, you know, is, you know, was getting older and, and, you know, they're talking about trading him. All that. Well, they know that their time was coming, you know. So, you know, they're, they got some really good football players, you know, on that side of the ball and at those positions. And they always have. You know, if you look back a couple of years, they had, you know, Shaq was there. 
you know, Shane Ray was, uh, you know, uh, top, you know, top pick. They, you know, they've had DeMarcus Ware, they've had Vaughn, they've had, they, they've always had a lot of guys that could rush, you know, from those spots. And so now they got Chubb and they got other guys, uh, and Reed and and all these guys that can all be effective in getting to the passer. And with that, they have a great scheme. You know, their their defense uh, is very. Uh, very difficult to go against. Um, it's always a, a big challenge for us, and uh, you know, one one you look forward to. But um, you know, you know, it's hard. You know, when you lose a player of that caliber, can you replace a Von Miller? You can't replace a Von Miller. You know, he's like an all-time great. Uh, but the guy playing for him, could they be? You know, as productive someday and all those kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, they have the talent. You know, they they can go out there and do it. So I think the world of their their pass rushers and their pass rush and what they do have. Along those lines, uh, we know, you know, Fangio, a great defensive coach, the talent that they have on the defensive side of the ball. You guys have averaged 34 a game against them in the last three meetings, won all three. Why, why have you had so much success against that team? Yeah, I don't know. When you watch those games, we, we've done everything. I, I, it sounds so cliche and so repetitive, but we did everything, the little things all right. You know, we, um, you know, our, our technique, our fundamentals, uh, decisions, uh, our eyes are in the right places. We're not having bad eyes and letting you know, things, uh, you know, sneak up on us and things like that. And it's, it's hard to do against this defense, but, you know, it's, it's what we have to do to be able to play well. And so, uh, you know, in the NFL, one thing I do know, you know, the last game doesn't dictate the next game. You know, we've proven that as a team, you know. And so we, we may have had success before, but that means nothing this week. We have to go to work. We have to study. We have to prepare and be ready to play uh, again, who I think is one of the best defenses in the NFL. There's lots talked about uh, learning to win on the road, um, a routine and all of that stuff. But you guys are five and ten at home uh, here at Allegiant Stadium. Yeah. Um, is there something to be said about figuring out ways to better prepare um, for for home games? Yeah, you're always. Anytime you lose a game, you always reflect on your week. Um, you reflect on, and you don't make drastic changes if uh, if it's something that's worked in the past. But you do look at things like, well, I think. Maybe I'm at home. I have a little bit. I got this hour window here. I could, you know, maybe fix this or do this and things like that. And um, you're always looking to do do things better. You know, um, you know, we've 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 played well on the road. We haven't played good enough at home. And um, you know, I think that um, looking at it from the last two seasons, last year was just weird. It was it was just like scrimmages. You know, it wasn't like a home field advantage kind of thing or anything like that. Uh, it was just there's no one in the stands except Bob. You know, and uh, you know, that's it. Um, but you know, but this year, um, I think I've mentioned it before. You know, I think the city is learning too that hey, when we're on offense, you know, that's the time to be quiet. Even if it's a big play, you know, let's, let's be as silent as possible because we have to hear every bit of communication, you know, and uh, and, and things like that. But I think that they've gotten better at that too as the years gone on. Uh, and, and two, we we can play better. You know, if you just go back to the details and how we've played, we can just be better at home. You know, for whatever reason, why it's different, I, I'm not. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, a little false sense of security can sometimes be part of that or letting your guard, you know, you're home, you feel like that the energy will come from the crowd? Yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, um, I mean, everything's on the table, you know, you put it all out there, you know, could that be it? You know, I, it could also absolutely be it. But uh, I think with what we have at stake, um, you know, with what with where we're at in the season and all these kind of things, hopefully our guys are just mentally ready and, you know, bring the energy how we should. You know, let's we don't need to feed off the fans in here. Let, let's let the fans feed off our energy, kind of a thing. You know, and, and let's give them something to be excited about and those kind of things because they they deserve it, man. You guys had some success running the football in Cleveland, especially on first down that put you guys in a little uh, better position uh, for first, second, and third down. Can you talk about 
kind of getting that back because it hasn't always been the case here in the last uh, since the bye week. Yeah, it, well, you could tell we were better on third down, you know, and there's a couple third downs where I mean we're a yard or half a yard short of having a couple more conversions, and um, all of those things, you know, it matters. You know, it all. You know, with the pass rush that they had last week and uh, all those kind of things, you got to be able to run the ball and um, have. You know, you don't want third and longs. So let those guys pin their ears back, and you know, you're waiting for these long developing routes to you know take place and all that kind of stuff. You know, um, you know, you, you, you got to pick and choose, and you, there's schematics in that. You know, and so when we run the ball well, it, it just it helps. It helps me. It helps the line. Helps the backs. Helps the receivers. The tight ends. It just makes it, it makes it easier when we can be balanced and. Uh, if we want to go where we want to go, we're going to have to be balanced. We're going to have to be able to do that. Gary, you were pretty consistent last game with pushing the ball downfield, even though you guys weren't necessarily connected on those. Yep. Um, what kind of went into that shift? I know you've done that throughout the entire year, being aggressive. What went into that mind shift, mindset shift of just you know being aggressive, obviously being smart with it, but pushing the ball down the field, you know, regardless of what the result is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it just depends. Again, depends on coverage, what plays called. Um, yeah, you, know, you guys are saying. I think we've. I think we're. You know, up there in the league. I don't know. I don't look at the stats, but we're up, we got to be up there in you know explosive plays. You know, and and big big pass plays and things like that because it has been emphasis. Um, you know, especially when you know the with what we had coming into training camp, we knew what we were trying to do, and we've just kind of kept that mindset throughout the year. And um, you know, some teams play things a little different, but we had some opportunities, some looks. Um, you know, we had some you know pass interference. Maybe another pass interference could have happened, and. Uh, another big play could have happened, um, but I, you know, it's, I always talk to Kurt Warner about. You know, I've talked to him for years after you know, after games and things like that, and uh, he's always been able to help. But we've always talked about you know when you when you stay aggressive, you know, it opens up everything else. And um, you know, whether you're hitting them or not, just the fact that they know you'll throw it, you know, it only takes one play sometimes. And so, um, really, just trying to keep that. Really, the last couple of years, um, just keeping that mindset of when it's there, like, man, let's take that shot and let's do those things. Um, are we going to be perfect every time? No, you know the percentages on doing that in the NFL. It's not. It's not the highest percentage, right? Um, but it does do something in the mindset of the coordinator and of the players that hey, we will do this. You know, uh, even if it's not really open, we'll still take that chance. You know, so just keeping that keeping that mindset. Let you know, letting DBs know that you know they got to cover every blade of, blade of grass. You know, against us, and um, you know, hopefully, hopefully that helps us as an offense with everything else underneath intermediate. And you know if they're thinking that we can hit them over the top, that's good. Along those lines, how much does the potential of a pass interference kind of play into that? Of like, hey, if you don't complete something, maybe you get some yards anyway. Yeah, that's why um, I was back when we were backed up. I kind of, uh, you know, I was really holding on to the ball and making sure I was clean in the pocket. And then I spun out of it, and I knew I was just going to launch it, you know, down the field because, you know. It's either going to be a long punt if they pick it, you know, or or really it's you're going to get a pass interference or a completion. And so, uh, you know, that, that was a perfect example of, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it, especially if the guy's not looking. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it. And we ended up getting a big play out of the pass interference and kept our drive alive uh, last week. So um, it definitely, you see it all around the league, you know, especially on third and long, t- you know, a lot of people take shots. Um, you know, sometimes if you have time, you know, you want to take those shots and you never know what's going to happen with those pass interference calls. All right, that's Derek Carr, a portion of that. Talked a lot about taking shots just there at the end, throwing it deep for a pass interference. I like that. Haven't heard him talk about that much. A deep interception's like a punt, and you got to attack and you got to throw it and take shots. That's what he's saying. When was the last time you heard him say that? I like that. Maybe that's what he's saying in front of the media because he was just hearing that at practice or talking about it with coaches. So Derek Carr, as that still goes on, you can find that at the Raiders team app on Twitter, on Facebook, 
on the YouTube page, the way Bobby downloads it, and we appreciate that we could jump in for a few moments of Derek Carr. 702-365-9200 as we continue. When we come back, we'll take your calls on the offense. Today's about the offense. I'm going to talk to Brandon Cristal, who covers the Broncos next hour, and he'll give us a good vibe of what the team's doing right and what to be concerned about. I'm going on his show later today. He'll ask me the Raider questions. That's why I'm doing this show, to get my Raider groove on to try to figure out how to win this game. JT brought to you by Wahoo's Fish Tacos. All their locations in the Valley, you'll love it. Head on out to Wahoo's. We're excited that um, we're relevant in December, right? That's what we all try to do. We all want to get in the tournament. That's part of it. So uh, we do know um, where we are, what, what the race looks like. We're very respectful of that, but uh, we still have to take care of our part, right? We have a um, chance to play at home this week, and uh, it's a little bit of a short week because of what went on. So we'll, we'll adjust to that and, and um, hopefully have a great week of practice, and then we'll see how we respond come Sunday. I'll be on the Raiders podcast today for life. Our Raiders story, I'll be on that today at 4 o'clock. Uh, Going to jump on with Thor and the crew there. Uh, hung out with them at Cisco's birthday party, and they asked me if I'd jump on, and I said, sure, why not? So I'll do that today, a little Christmas shopping after the show, taking your calls at 702-365-9200. Steph McKenzie from 97 won the point, who despises the Broncos. She's always great before a Bronco game, and Brandon Cristal, who covers the Broncos, from KOA. Passionate Raider up next. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Okay, good good afternoon, JT. Merry Christmas. Glad to talk to you again. I wear a size extra large. I'm looking for a Max Crosby jersey. God, just kidding, JT. But, man, you're opening it up today. You're giving us a free raise to say what we want to say about this offense. Yeah, I seen a little something, a little tweet last night that I retweeted and showed Derek Carr before a play. And he's going up and he's signaling 1,500 times. And like you said earlier, and I've seen it, too, in that game where Rich is telling to run the play. Because as of right now, I feel this offensive line is too young for him to be doing all that. So that's where the confusion is coming in. And I think he's doing it because he's scared. Because if you see him, the, court, the sacks are coming. It's like he never tries to move around. So you know what? It, if the offense wants to get better, if it has to come down to those plays where we need 30, 40 yards out of our quarterback to win a game, if you're scared, move over because somebody will do it. Maybe that's why that man's injured all the time because he doesn't play scared. He will use his body and go sacrifice to make the play. But it is what it is. We're playing a meaningful game in December right now, and I can't be more happier. I mean, hey, we might get let down, but it, it, it's, it's Denver week. We hate the Broncos, man. Meaningful game. We win. We're in the top of the division at the wild card. Might be able just to slide in for a Christmas gift, JT. But that, that's just what I think, man. I think he, we need we need 30 to 40 yards out of a quarterback to win a game with this line. He can't keep confusing them. Yeah, let me All jump side. in. Let me jump in. First off, the Raiders against Denver in the past with Derek Carr. This is a team that's been putting up points. So this is a team they've scored 30-plus the last three times versus Denver. So they have the game plan, and Denver's always had a really good secondary and a good defense, and Derek's been able to put up the numbers there. But a lot of that had to do with Waller and other players, you know, that aren't here anymore. 
So these other guys are going to have to step up. I just don't want to see the Raiders rely on the run as much as they have this year. You know, I'd like to see them. You want to be a balanced team. Kurt Warner talked about that. Derek mentioned Kurt Warner. I didn't know that he talks to him all the time. Probably makes sense because he works at NFL Network with his brother. So his brother's probably with Kurt or they're in studio and they're able to have a conversation, which is great. But I'd like to see him throw it 70% of the time and run at 30. Don't need to see any balance anymore. Balance is out the door. This is a pass-first team, period. We know that. Anybody can see it. They'd like to run it because you want to give the O-line a break. You want to get the backs going a little bit, see if you can pop one. But we've seen this movie before. They're a passing team, and they're coming home where they've struggled. They're 5-10 and 10 at Allegiant Stadium, wrapping up the second year. When they do score, they're going fast. They're going five wide, four wide, and Derek's getting a little bit of time to attack downfield. We need to see that against the Donkeys on Sunday. 